I also got terrible advice from the Channy app today. The Channy app. Oh. It says, rock the boat just a teeny bit and then flirt your way out of the drama you created. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that is legitimately terrible advice. <laughs> it's the worst advice. advice. What? And I can say that because I used to do shit like this all the time. <laughs> uh, just saying that that is how I rose to the top of bartender elitedom right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice. Justin is like that was my professional route. <laughs> that was his MO. <laughs> oh boy. Speaking of MO. Um <laughs> I am the MO derator. <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> Derainer. Hey, <laughs> Welcome to That Episode Was. We are Popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to the Sandman Season 1, Episode 6. Ah, the Sound of Her Wings! In which Dream spends a day with death and lifetimes with, of course, Robert Hobb Gadling. Uh, the series was developed by Neil Gaiman. We probably don't even need to say that at this point. David Goyer and Alan Heinberg, who also is the showrunner. The episode was written by Lauren Bellow and was directed by Mwah! Mayor's in the office. Um, I am here. I am Kelly Sue. I am alive and I'm living in this timeline and joined <laughs> with me in this dimension as always are my illustrious co-hosts beginning with Justin Peniston, who I think is coming at us after a pretty significant nap. How are you doing, Justin? <laughs> I am um, here to tell you that I have indeed just recently awakened from quite the nap. <laughs> After a 4 a.m. trip to LAX. Oh, um, wow. wow. Uh, so other than that, I'm peachy keen. Also, Justin saved, saved trillions of lives yesterday. Well, oh. on your RPG game, yeah, which is great. Star Trek RPG. So, yeah. I had a little help. I should tell you guys, though, and I don't know oh, if this needs to make it into the episode. <laughs> We're going uh -oh. But the crew of the already. USS Bellerophon <laughs> are happening. a bunch of murderers. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Uh, yes. Okay, then. Starting it off. Right. Perfect way to begin. Starting it off, getting completely off course. <laughs> right. Okay. Moving right along. Uh huh. Claire. Hi. Do I even need to ask how you're doing? Murdery, apparently. Cool. I, I was so not following the, the, the guidelines of Starfleet yesterday so much. Sounds like Eventually today. Did. The role of death will be pay played by Claire. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for issuing all those death warrants, Claire. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa, do you have something topical to share? Lisa K. Weber, my beautiful associate. <laughs> Other than um, no, I'm I'm just really excited to talk about the Sandman, y'all. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and lastly, but certainly not leastly. It is the beastly Philip Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Rawr. 
Bill uh, <laughs> is uh, our producer, and of course, he is the farmer that grows each and every unique Zoom link that we use <laughs> for these meetings. Cool, awesome. Thanks, Bill. Well, well watered. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. Um, I am so excited to host this episode because this is my favorite episode of The Sandman. And this is not, I'm not set apart by this opinion. Everybody else pretty much feels this way. <laughs> um, okay. So, and that includes the vast majority of Twitter, by the way, which needs to be noted because when does Twitter ever really align on anything that's positive? Not often. Um, this quote, perfect hour of television combines issues number eight and 13, which is such a deeply inspired choice. Um, revealing a familiar story to all of us in a new way. That's the whole, it's what adaptations are made to do. Um, so let's start with part one. In the comics, Dream's conversation with death, as beautiful as it is, feels very philosophical and has a bit of a monologue-y quality to it. At least it did for me reading it, even though there's two of them. In the show though, there's this beautiful intimacy that's created that we get to be a part of. It's like a sweetness. Um, again, I find myself appreciating the softness of the adaptation. Um, how did watching their meetup feel for you? Lisa is nodding very enthusiastically, <laughs> so I am going to start with her. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, apart from agreeing with everything you just said... <laughs> Um, because that's why I was nodding so emphatically because I was like, mm -hmm, yes, mm -hmm, agreed. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, I love this. I mean, I spend a lot of my time living in um, existentialism and um, oh yeah, like a lot of time wondering what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. <laughs> with my life <laughs> yeah for sure so the idea of like you know just the idea of this little snippet of story existing at all has always really spoken to me very deeply mm -hmm. um this idea of like you know you you create your own meaning by authentically aligning purpose with function and um the fact that that's just straight up said here and um like you said mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way coming from this character who i mean like death is what inspires existentialist thought you know yeah. and yeah. so the fact that she's here <laughs> to lay it out like exactly for you mm -hmm. is just incredible i love it so much so good <laughs> Agreed on all, on all counts. Mm -hmm. All right. Everybody. There we go. Claire, jump in. <laughs> of course I'm not silent. Um, yeah, I was not expecting to, I mean, it, it seemed very clear as we're moving through the episode that, oh, okay, they're going to get through this section of the story pretty quickly. They're going to be putting mm. something else in here. And I uh -huh. was honestly unaware and expecting, like I, I had no idea that Hob was 
coming. And so when they, they cut over to mm. that story, it was an immediate rush of like, oh my fucking God, this is perfect. Perfect. Yes. I already, like, I could already feel the stuff that I was going to, to feel like mm -hmm. I just knew it was coming. And I love this version. Like you said, Kelly Sue, the, the sweetness of it, getting to really feel, um, the, the compassion uh -huh. that death just walks around with, like she doesn't have to generate it. She's just, everything she's doing is uh -huh. kind of just steeped in this love, like just uh -huh. compassion for people. And I, yeah. And, and I didn't think about the, the like interaction or like, wasn't really thinking about like how it came off when we were reading it, but you're mm. right, Kelly Sue, it did really feel monologue -y. And I think in the, in the comic, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Not at all. But it does kind of highlight <laughs> the fact that like every time dream has talked at any point in yeah. this series, he's been monologuing and you kind of get this like, you start to feel like, oh, okay, well, this is just the endless, like this is what they do. And so meeting death now and realizing mm. that, oh, okay, no, the endless are not these, they're not all these just like completely removed in, you know, things that feel other. And mm -hmm. it, this, for the first time, I think in this episode, we start to hear and feel, well, we have, we have an agent, right? We now have death to help us hear and interact with dream in a way that shows us oh no he's he's not just this, mm -hmm. this thing that is untouchable over here right. he's he's not monologuing with her yeah, yeah. um he's absolutely human. he's like, human yeah. he's human yeah. <laughs> it's their humanity exactly yeah i love yeah, that yeah. um really, i also really love her calling him out for being a little punk Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. the best. Yeah. <laughs> She's all like, he's not my friend. It's my brother. And he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Love but that. It's that. It's Love the, that. It's, that's, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's that it's you're familial... being an idiot thing. Like I'm an only child. So I don't think I've had anybody do that for me. I am that's not. Probably necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But yeah, it's that you're an idiot, but you're not an idiot. Right. You know what I mean? Like just, you need, I need yeah. to. I need to slap you in the face right now. Very exactly. lovingly. Because yes. I love you. Yes. Because I love it. you and you're better than this <laughs> idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, Justin, give us your thoughts, man. Lay it on us. So um, I too was thinking about the different tone this episode has in the comic. Mm. And it is largely because the comic is way more introspective on Dream's part. Mm -hmm. you know i mean it, it's it it's not it doesn't seem like it's monologuing it is monologuing dream is we are treated <laughs> to a lot of dreams internal monologue in that in yeah. that issue you know yeah um and so i um i was struck but i was like but i was like but why does all this seem familiar to me like a lot of this kind of and sure enough I went back and reread uh, Death, A Winter's Tale by mm. Neil Gaiman and Jeff Jones and John J. Muth. Mm. And 
all kinds of texts from this episode can be found there. I used to think I had wow. the hardest job in all the family. Um, you know, humans are so proud of being born. You'd think they did it themselves. Like all that stuff is mm -hmm. in this. And, and again, in a winter's tale, it is monologuing. It's a death's interior monologue, but here it's turned mm. into, you know, part of the discussion and instruction, you know, um, I think it's super important that the most intimately performed death from the comic with the old Jewish man mm. is pretty much replicated, you know, verbatim here. The slight, very mm. slight tweaks, but pretty much the yeah. same because it was cinematic in the book and thus works so well here. But mm -hmm. then after that, it went completely off the reservation, mm -hmm. you know, uh, no stand-up comic in the show no um no um uh uh nobody drowning in the pool or in mm -hmm. the in the river in the comic book you know mm -hmm. um but both work both are vibrant both you know they yeah. illustrate what they need to illustrate um and the show fixed the one thing that always bothered me this like niggling little twitchy thing that bothered me in the comic which was that the baby asks death, is that all I get? And mm. babies don't talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, that always bugged me. That is amazing. <laughs> that always bugged me just a little bit. <laughs> and here I was like, I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, <laughs> you know? It would have been like, listen, it never bothered me in the comic because I just kind of figure she's communicating sure you know sure 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 but i um it would have been very awkward it would have been whack it would have been you creepy little baby you deserve yeah. to go exactly yes. we don't need take, a talking baby take that show. baby take death death take that baby let us all learn from ally mcbeal just don't do it just do it. <laughs> um justin i thought we did get a death, I love that a drowning death in the river there was the dude no he was saying that 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 in was the comic we didn't do that. comic. That's not from the comic. Yeah. That's original to yeah. the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Very, very fascinating stuff all around and agreed. I always wait for there to be a moment where I can be like, I don't agree with you, Justin. Yeah. I and just really the moment never comes. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, you may oh, not get those moments. But those moments do come, Lisa. Those moments. Come. <laughs> yes, Lisa. Lisa. I don't know I just, if she's. I don't know if she's perched Batman like on her waiting roof, waiting ready. for me, <laughs> waiting for the, for the justice yeah. signal Ooh, to flash across I, the sky. But she, she. I don't know. It sounds like a mini gauntlet was just thrown. <laughs> I just. Now I'm going to be like Lisa looking you. for disagreements. Yeah, I just wanted yep. to Lisa you once, and oh well. Love it. All right, <laughs> Phil. What do you got? Um, I mean, like the minute death appeared on screen, I started crying. Uh, because mm -hmm. and I just didn't stop crying. You? Like, you're kidding? Yeah, me? yeah. I was I mean, about I, to say I, you say these things like you're informing the listener of anything. <laughs> I, you know, hey, hey, a lot of people aren't privy to our previous me crying on mics if they're coming yes, to the for Sandman. For any new listeners, we have 
Uh, Bill, I have Bill shed tears on this weepy. He's just I, weepy. Bill has his stuff. heart on his sleeve. I do. He really I does. Do. And, he is and, our uh, in-home cancer, and so his feelings gotta, have feelings. I've got to bring it. Exactly. I've got to bring that exactly. to the conference. So mm -hmm. yes, I prefer to think of him more as an annoyance than a cancer. But uh, if you're gonna go there, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 there I was going zodiac <laughs> cancer, astrology go. puns. There we go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. Wow, OMG. Anyway, he's been waiting for, ahead, that for a Phil. week after I said he would he would get me when I least expected it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've been unpacking this episode since I watched it, and because it's it's a lot. Um, I mean, she's wonderful, right? And you immediately forget oh. about. Uh, I can't. Did you say this? Kelly Sue that you immediately forget about the comic book and you're just kind of 100%. I didn't I didn't I couldn't even compare it to, as I was watching it's just like the comic yeah. was no and a lot of these episodes have been like that where I'm watching and I'm like okay that's an interesting it's apples and oranges yeah. you know it's yeah. like and in this I just just forgot about the thing. the thing and I was like oh this mm -hmm. is a thing right now happening yeah. um and to see her so without ego mm. I feel like that's like in the comic book and this there's something about watching it now in, in for me the second time living this series i guess uh, you all of you have read the series multiple times that was like my one and only time reading it and mm. and and seeing the personification of death without ego uh mm -hmm. says so much to what death actually is like it it's it's just going to happen yeah. you just got to be okay with that like your ego yeah. is can't it, it doesn't matter um uh, how you feel about it, how you feel about yourself. It's it's like somebody said once, death is like leaving a bunch of things unattended to. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, uh, and yeah, like you have to kind of, there has to be part of you that's going to be okay with that. Uh, yeah. Like you can't be prepared for just leaving things yeah. unattended to. And and there's something about, you know, oh, let me let me tell her at least what the code is on the phone. Sorry, mm. can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like little bits like that all speak to that sort of. That was so. Uh, I yeah. Loved that. yeah, I yeah. Loved those kinds of like mm -hmm. details. Right, right. No, it was so it gorgeous. Was, it was yeah, great. it was great. Yeah. And and you know, not hearing actually the one part that I was happy about is when the baby dies. We didn't hear the mom like screaming and bawling, which mm. you know works oh, in yeah. the comic because you need so you need to be able to project that sort of emotion in the comic. And this, yeah, I'm I'm no, glad they're know. not hitting those like ugly. No, it's like we don't. Yeah. We don't need. We don't need that. That and it, the the show's been doing a great job avoiding that anyway. Like, yeah, you know, saving it for those moments. Um, mm -hmm. Letting people just feel. Yeah, the own. thing yeah, is, exactly. like that yeah. scene happens, and I, you know, I've watched it twice now, and both times, that's as they're leaving. Mm -hmm. That's the moment I start crying. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. need the scream. No, because we're it's implied. We're just hearing the mom and, yeah. still moving on. Like, yeah, it's knowing, it's seeing. Yeah, that's like the definition of visceral, right? It's seeing mm -hmm. that moment right before the moment everything <laughs> changes, and that's yeah. kind of what yeah. we get in each of these, in in several of those. Like, you know, yeah. we just get those moments yeah. right before you know what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that in itself is what makes, I is, I think what sends me over at that point mm-hmm. is that as mm-hmm. they're leaving, this woman is still talking to her baby. I know. Love like, yeah. Oh, are you going to like, Ugh. are you going to take a nap and maybe give yeah. me a break for a few minutes? And mm-hmm. like, yeah, those kinds of like her saying those kinds of things as they're leaving is mm-hmm. like what really sends me over. Cause you like, get, it's exactly yeah. what you're saying, Claire. It's like those yeah. moments right before there's so much packed into yeah, that. There's, there's the parental yeah. guilt of wanting, feeling in that moment of wanting, yes, I would just love for my child to not be doing anything and not be interacting with me right now. So I can just have a moment's sleep, oh, yeah. which is immediately going to get turned on its head and turned yeah. into the most massive guilt. And oh my gosh, it's yeah. just, there's so much in that moment yeah. and we yeah. didn't need to scream to convey any of that. In fact, I think it's more yeah. impactful not having. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's like the Hitchcock of emotions instead of <laughs> horror, you know. It's, it's what you're not seeing that's mm-hmm. making you feel all the things. It's Go ahead, also Justin. Sorry. Very much about the difference between the media. Mm-hmm. Like you need slightly more dramatic moments yeah. to convey emotion mm-hmm. in comics, you know, because you don't mm-hmm. have totally sound, you don't have you know motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for all that that scene is. You know, it it does have it does give you this really visceral kick when you realize, you know, you absorb what's happening. That's not what this is about. This episode is mm-hmm. not about that kick. Yeah. This episode exactly. is not about how that death affects that mom, even though mm-hmm. you know we are left with it. And it's important that we're yeah. left with it. Mm-hmm. It's this episode is about what it is to perform your function, good or bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And to do your 100%. job whether you know it and people are not always going to like it you know it's it's sort of yeah a pion to freaking professionalism in its way do you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. and being professional while also being compassionate you know it's like yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a pretty interesting you know being like and being like true to yeah who you are yes yes the whole being, time yeah. being yeah. honest to who with 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 yourself yeah it's yeah yeah it's a really like all the choices in this episode and they had to be if they had dropped the ball on this episode this is this along with 24 yeah. 7 are the two mm-hmm. things where if you drop the ball you're gonna lose some of the fans you, you drop the ball yeah you're not gonna bounce back you know i i totally agree with you justin was Um, it philip who was just saying that like talking about the ego or and lack uh, of ego yes that actually translates really perfectly into the next point oh good but i can i can let you finish claire unless you want to um no i just you know i again i'm going back to the idea of the endless being these all-powerful kinds of entities but this Mm. episode is all about the acceptance of no ego there is no ego in being human we are just little tiny unobservable like you know specks of dust in the middle of a universe and i think this episode kind of pulls the endless Mm -hmm. down like or death is the one member of this family the endless that understands her place in the universe and that Mm -hmm. she along with the rest of humanity is being little tiny yes 
Oh my gosh, this is so perfect, Claire. Thank you for saying all of that because it launches in <laughs> so perfectly to point number two, which is it's my man, Hob Gadling. <laughs> Played brilliantly by Ferdinand Kingsley, um, who apparently auditioned for Dream and then was offered Hob, which is wild. Also, mm -hmm. I was very sad to find out he's actually four years younger than me. So huh. um, he nails the doodliness of Hob, um, an and an actual much man who decides not to die. <laughs> I'm a man and I'm just going to decide not to do that. Mm -hmm. Cool, bro. This episode um, and these two stories speak so deeply to kind of what we were just talking about that Phil and Claire mentioned with ego uh, speak so deeply to the fact that true freedom is actually found in humility. Dream is humbled in the face of death, reminding him that his purpose is to serve, not be like a hero that goes out on these big quests, right? Mm -hmm. Dream in turn illuminates a similar principle to Hob. You can live forever all you want, but the pursuits of the ego will never satisfy and in the end everyone learns that immortal or no connection is what we all ultimately need <laughs> so what were your takeaways <laughs> from that story and from the episode as a whole um oh i just God. thought it was so brilliant at the i just end. love everything you said so much it was so <laughs> I mean, well, it's true. And I mean, like the fact that, yes, the combination mm. of these two stories, one yeah. right after the other is just so incredibly perfect. Cause we just, like you said, we just went through this whole journey <clears throat> yeah. of, you know, like realigning with our purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we go straight into, and like, you know, dream being all like, introspective and why am I here and what's the point of it all <laughs> and then we go straight into Hob Gadling and it's like who fucking cares what the point is <laughs> so you know what I mean like you were yeah. saying about the no ego thing he's like who fucking cares like even when he's yeah. like down and he's at his absolute worst mm -hmm. he's like like why would I stop living though like, yeah. why would I stop? That's ridiculous. I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep living. Totally. And it's just, I mean, it's incredible. And the fact that, like, you're saying that it all comes down to connection, and that's so much of what this show is about. It's about yeah. connection. Mm -hmm. That, like, there's no holding yourself apart from mm -hmm. everyone else. You're yeah. in it with everyone. Well, and what was amazing to me, too... And I'll let everybody else talk too. I agree with everything you said, Lisa. But it also was the first time for me that I was watching it being all like, so he gets into this argument with Hob where he's like, I don't need friends. I'm basically a god. How right. dare you? Right. Mm -hmm. So first of all, way too defensive. Mm -hmm. Stop. But then I think it's amazing that it's after that and I don't know why it didn't land for me when I was reading the comics but it's after that that he gets imprisoned right and yeah. so like oh you think you're all full isolation friends? yeah full isolation mm -hmm. you need friends you little shit you need connection <laughs> shocker you need it. 
yeah it it occurred to me in a whole new way watching this yeah um all right who's next who has stuff to say about hob i found this hob on the screen as portrayed by Ferdinand Kingsley to be much more sexually appealing to me than the hog. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. I was like, I think Claire I just, is going to be real into this guy. <laughs> a thousand percent like an improvement on the comic. I I was feeling some feels. And that, that was fine. It, it an enhanced improvement the... on these drawings of a man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I I agree. With nobody come up in here and start saying that they've never been sexually attracted to a drawing. Uh, oh. We've all been there. Hello, Zuko in Last Airbender. Like I am fully, I am fully involved with animated oh, cartoon drawings. Yes, that's exactly what I'm oh, talking I about. I'm good. That I don't I don't negate that at all. It just and all of that to say, like that's over the top obviously but I did <laughs> I did find this version of Hob to be like just more of an actual person to yes. me yeah. um and seeing what he goes through like there's these like very biblical overtones right like of just like at the one section of hundred years that he goes through and he's lost everything and he just there's this whole job quality like everything about his existence um i love that and he god it just in so many little scenes half of an episode right and Mm -hmm. just little scene snippets and watching him grow and progress from the you know entitled sob he's just like i'm not going to die yep (laughs) um which the audacity of that during the time that that happened, like the initial <laughs> years, like uh-huh. everything is dying around you. Like the, it just, anyway, but uh-huh. yeah, I, and again, I cannot, I cannot overstate how perfect it is having the, the death sequence first and then this coming immediately after because you can just watch it over and over again and I think you're still going to be making connections between the two stories Uh that are just profound but shrug I have no more words for it I I loved it yeah totally it's like you have the personification of death and then you have the personification of life and it's sort of it's it's really quite beautiful to yeah uh yeah i would say this is probably you know we've talked about favorite episodes of television and this might be immediately right up there uh yep. top five ten favorite episodes is pretty wonderful i the, the 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 point at which you know uh, one of you already mentioned it the word i think it's both been men- maybe mentioned a couple times is when hob is at his lowest mm-hmm. uh and he says death is a mugs game I've got so much to live for. It, it's a, it's such a remarkable sort of encapsulation, I think, of how hopeful humanity can be, even mm-hmm. in like really dark times. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I don't know, that that moment has made me cry both times I've watched the episode. Because uh, it, it is, there's, 
it's really beautiful. It's like a really beautiful moment. I, that's all I can really say about it. Um, to mm -hmm. see that sort of revealed through his character that no matter how bad things can be, to be reminded that yet it can get better again, and and there can be things to kind of hold on to, and and yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen anything quite this beautiful on TV yeah. like all year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else to say about Hop except that it was just <laughs> Yeah, it just sort of took me took me out took me away. It took kind of took my yeah. breath away when I was watching it. Um yeah, this whole yeah. thing. Um to see to see in both segments of this um how Dream softens his his performance is really remarkable. And the first one mm -hmm. is very subtle as he watches each person kind of as, as death sort of takes him through each sort of episode of that first part it's all in the face um but then to see him and it's quiet in, in, with hob uh, outside of his little tantrum that he throws uh you know it's a little more noticeable because he's talking and he's interacting a little more but you can see him sort of soften again he's such a good actor like and and if no other episode is you know can prove it like this is like some solid solid acting, uh yeah from him and uh, on all fronts yeah 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 um because you yeah it takes a lot of skill to act for the camera in the way he does it uh mm -hmm. in this episode so that that was really impressive as well um, agreed Justin um. I guess I'm unique in feeling like I wish that these two, the two halves of the story had been partitioned from each other, kind of hmm. like the way it's done with Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope. Hmm. I mean, one episode, I have, you know, but but make them sort of distinct from each other. Um, I did find the transition a little confusing at first uh, on my first viewing. Um, and then I realized what was happening. I was like, oh, 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 okay. You know, mm. um, I do feel very much that the hobgaddling half of the story, like that is a story. Hobgaddling is only ancillary to that story. It, that is a story about dream and about mm -hmm. him evolving and about showing how he has been changed by his captivity, but also showing that you know, he's changing through familiarity as well and through interaction. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to say, and maybe this is best say for a hot take, but I just have to say that those wigs did not do anything for Tom Surridge's sex. <laughs> that was they were they were uncomplimentary. That Listen, was you know, every single person on this podcast and people who've listened to this podcast <laughs> for a long time know how I feel about fucking wigs. Yeah. and not i a not a fan agree with you and it's tough man <laughs> it's tough to make tom sturridge especially like goth tom sturridge unappealing he was just a and different the second character. i saw those wigs i was like y'all come on now yes <laughs> i didn't need to do yes. it like that they were did not need to do it like regrettable. that those wigs he were kept incredible. showing back up and i'd be like oh he's lestat now <laughs> And like not in a good way, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Because typically you're coming at me with some Lestat energy and I'm gonna be like, okay. Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like the Lestat energy is what I live for. (laughs) (laughs) It is my lifeblood. (laughs) But I, I, I agree. The Lestat era of dream was less than I would have liked from my goth business. But listen, um, I'm, it, it's fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I agree with hair, you, Justin. Bad hair can ruin a, sh- a whole show for me. Um, but I'm interested, Justin, that, that, yeah, I think, I think the reason why this Hobbes story, you know, based on what you, you're talking about, um, that that whole story is a story about dream and not a hob. Yes. For sure. I honestly kind of think that I like that it is more about hob um in this retelling because it 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 goes back again to my distaste for the biblical story of job where you have two you know controlling beings showing up and fucking with a guy's life because of you know in the in the biblical story it's it's literally just a like ego stroking like you know job will never um, denounce me because I'm so great, you know, on, on the part of God and, and I'm so cool. (laughs) Now there are, there are dumber stories in the Bible, but it just, it, yeah, it's, it's so, it's It's up there. Yeah. It's so not about that story is so not about the human that is being fucked with. And yeah. I like that in this kind of echoey story of two endless showing up and and making decisions for this guy, um, that well, it is that it is more about what he comes out of the story with than the he doesn't come, but he comes out completely unchanged. That's the whole point, you know. I don't think he does. He look, he grows as people do. But his his arc about life and death unchanged, and he even makes the point of saying that, like the point is not that this is a guy transformed, and they didn't make decisions for him; they took his own decision and made sure it came came to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Job doesn't. That's... Job doesn't choose. Job doesn't choose Satan. God chooses that for him. But here, he says out loud, "I am not going to die," and they're like, "Okay, cool." as you say it like it's it's not the same um but more than that there's actually a scene both in comic and in the show episode in the show where he uh-huh. says look by this time you've already seen that i'm not going to change you know that i feel the same way about death as i did at the beginning you know that this is about you i mean they straight up say it in the story you're not yep. doing this to see how i've changed you're doing this because you're lonely and the whole episode is about accepting that truth and how Mm -hmm. he had to get out of his own way or be taken out of his own way in order to understand that Mm -hmm. you know this is um and and everything else is let me just finish real quick everything else is really just shine it's about dreams perspective on hobgadling's life not less than it is about hobgadling's life per se agreed i do i will say i do like like the kind of like that we spend a little bit of time just even like 
these moments here and there where it's like we see him you know when he goes Mm -hmm. to the bar in 1989 and we see him miss Mm -hmm. dream you know yep and we see that and his concern I appreciate stuff like that just as far as character development goes but I will Mm -hmm. agree with um with you Justin that it is it's really about the mm-hmm. change in dream. And yeah. I love what you just said about like he had to be taken out of his own way because that's so often what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um like for a realization like this, yes. <laughs> Where it's like something like you it's like you can't just decide cuz you're too much in your own shit. Yep. And aware of your own self, you have to be knocked off course. You humbled. have to be like, yeah, you have to be humbled by an external force, like a baby, there, to accept powerlessness. <laughs> you know, that isn't or to sh- say that the little wizard, one hundred percent, Lisa, <laughs> and Justin, and Claire, and that is yeah, because it isn't to say the extra development for Hob doesn't play into that, because it certainly does, yeah. as we've talked about in previous episodes. That sort of, anytime you develop a secondary character more, it's only going to help. Do you think he's developed more than he was in the comic? Absolutely. A a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think think just having an actor play it too helps with that. I I mean, I I do believe I agree that it's fuller because it's it's television. Mm -hmm. That's unavoidable. But on the page, I don't think Hob is given any more than he was given in the comic. Probably not. I think, but it's like, but it also can't be discount. Like what you just said about like, oh well, it's a different medium, so there's like a person playing yeah, this but role. Yeah, like, I mean, we're saying what we're doing is we're saying the same thing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this is a great time to go to break. <laughs> Let's take a break from our egos. Oh. Ego death. <laughs> ego nap uh and listen let's take an ego nap and uh listen to some stuff about some other stuff okay see you in a bit if you like this conversation know that in september our next that episode was we'll be tackling amazon's the rings of power series followed by our deep dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks podcast series, that gum you like, and possibly releasing some more pop-ups. Uh, so for all those updates and all things Popsicle, follow us at PopsiclePod on all social medias and join our mailing list at our website, popsiclepod.com. For all the latest news and announcements, that's PopsiclePod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Um, moving right along, hot takes. <laughs> Woo! Um, so my first hot take is pretty unrelated, but I couldn't help but notice as we follow Hob and Dream through century after century, the actual leap that happens for humanity between 1889 and <laughs> 1989. Like, wow. There I don't is this that's actually a studied phenomenon. Yeah. About the yeah. increasing speed of paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Um, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> and I think we all know the answer. Aliens. 
slash <laughs> the endless. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was really wild. I'd never, I think it was seeing all of those centuries back to back and being like, wow, not really, not, not much kind of went on there for a handful of hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden it was like, everything at once um <laughs> it was just wing two. changes wing exactly. changes for like 400 years and then <laughs> okay. number two what is up joanna constantine oh my god big shout out to jenna coleman for putting those doctor who period jumping skills to work dang Girl. she was so good she, she was, was so good, good. <laughs> Oh my God. I was actually reminded because when I read the comic for the first time, I still was like, I, even then I was like, I think Johanna Constantine is more interesting to me than John Constantine. I think this is the character. And I, you know, I just feel that way more. I think Constantine is better served as a female, just hands down. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless it's Keanu Reeves. That is hot take two a (laughs) (laughs) all right thirdly and finally uh i said this already but kirby howell baptiste is so deaf that i forgot the comics version entirely i didn't miss it i didn't think about it i was just like i'm here with you right now you're magnificent and i don't ever want to stop watching you on my tv (laughs) amazing she's um I don't know that I for she does she doesn't push the comics version out of me because I do love that version, oh, but yeah. she has made this her own Oof. in a very real like yes. she has taken ownership of that character. I mean, we were just talking about how the portrayal of Hobgadling makes a difference; it makes the character mm-hmm. fuller, and yeah. that is illustrated way more here to mm-hmm. me. You know what I yep. mean, like. She, because you know by and large she's only using dialogues ripped straight from comics you know yeah and yet yes she is she was remarkable and she fine too i mean <laughs> yes yes she is. yes she and yes <laughs> yes and yes and yes i also loved that they kept the whole sequence with the fucking bread <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've loved her since The Good Place, by the way. I mean, she did, guessed it on The Good Place. I was. Like, I need yeah. to do. I need to watch The Good Place. Finally, I watched the you first do. season it's so and good. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get back to it, so I need to do that. It just keeps right. getting better and better. How about some more takes? What do you got? The um, I I had to. I loved like the you know, the eighteen eighty nine meeting that starts off with Lushing Lou. Mm-hmm. and um they sit down and you know Hobbs all kind of like jokey judgy about you know why they call her the hospital yeah and um then dream basically is like this this <laughs> <laughs> like do you oh do you want to know her trauma <laughs> yeah <laughs> here and um so maybe like watch your mouth because <laughs> but no but the fact that like hob immediate like his look of shame in that moment as he like turns to look at her again in like a whole new light and says people are always better than you think they are mm-hmm. i i melted 
I yeah. loved that so much. It was so beautiful and such a beautiful little moment. That's like, this is the shit. This is, this is truth. I hope everybody's listening. Cause this is yeah. what's happening out here. You know, mm -hmm. was that I've seen in the comic? That. Yep. I don't recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lushing Lou more mm -hmm. than that. Lushing Lou was a real human being. Hey, that Lou. Neil Gaiman researched for the comic. Wow. Mm, wow. I love him. That's amazing. Yeah. That yeah. Amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> I love you, Neil. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. <laughs> the things I learned in my Twitter correspondence with the man. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh. No, I, right. didn't, I did see that in one of his tweets, though. Yeah, right. that's, you know, that he researched <laughs> that. And I didn't know, also, the sleepy sickness was also a real thing. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'd say my maybe my one hot take that I'll say is I loved the transitions during the hop gandling sequence, how they went from one time period to the other. Just mm. the editing, you know, what they ended shots on and what they started them on, doors closing, opening, you know, things being poured, all that sort mm -hmm. of just made everything mm -hmm. nice and fluid. It was nicely directed. Wonderful job. Great I think job. My only hot takes, I have two hot takes. One is the will, I mean, the Phil coming out in me, which is uh, when Dream is first laying out his discontent to death as they're sitting mm -hmm. on the bench, mm -hmm. it feels like they're slowly zooming in on Dream, but I don't think they are because death's perspective and frame never changes, you know? She's mm -hmm. like blurred in extreme close-up to the right of the frame. and But it, it, I was like, this is a really cool shot. I noticed it on my second... Hmm. You know, like it, it's it's doing interesting work here. I'll have to look at that. That's interesting. Mm. Um, and then my other thing was, you know, in this Hobgoblin story, you know, uh, Dream bumps into Shakespeare, and that begins the whole Shakespeare thing, which is cool. I mean, cool enough uh -huh. that I just got a shoulder shimmy from Lisa. Um, <laughs> but it's also they no one ever mentions that in the very first time period they passed Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah. Someone says, you know, uh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, Jeffrey. I mean, so no one likes, you know, body tales and blah, 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 and rhyme. And he's like, but I like that shit, you know? It's like, you know? Amazing. Good catch. Yeah. Nice work. Oh, there there's actually one, there's one moment in this episode where just after Dream leaves death, he's walking down the, the sort of like the walkway in the alley and a guy yeah. steps out and they like make eye contact and the guy's like, oh. And he like steps back into the doorway. Like he's suddenly like he's scared to death of dream for some reason, or he's just really intimidated by him. Isn't that a weird moment? Did any, it, I, I, see it I noticed it. It's I weird clock it. because the kids also, he walks yeah. past the kids and they all give him a funny look. Yeah. It's like, and this, it's like, and what is the purpose of that? Do you it know was interesting. I mean? uh, That's been, huh. I noticed it both times. Like maybe he's just realizing how he comes off to people. Like, yeah, but it like felt more than, purposeful than that. It, especially the guy coming out of the store it like that yeah. felt like oh it was I, so should deliberate I, be, it was I should so be deliberate. recognizing this guy or something but i feel like that um, deserves not... like a whole episode of okay. conversation. i found myself wondering <laughs> is that mike dringenberg or is that freaking oh, sure, sure. michael oh, zulin who does the art there on... were a couple moments oh. where it was like the the camera lingered on a particular like you know extra for so long that i was like is this a cameo well, that I'm unaware of. There is a wonderful extra moment when uh, the gentleman dies in the river. And just as uh, the woman kind of comes up, the wife, the extra like stands up and like, like spins into the shot. And it just as the camera moves past them. And it's very funny. Anyway, 
extra yeah, I don't know. I think, Justin, you need to get on the horn to your best friend, Neil. And, and say, who is that about... guy in the doorway? The yeah. problem is, yeah. once we start talking, who knows? What, what okay. You say, you know? <laughs> it's just... Can we go back to the ego theme, please? Yeah. <laughs> discuss I think it's time for us all to give our word for this episode. Time has come. Oh, gosh. I didn't even think about the word. Yep. I just said I didn't have words. Don't think about it too much. It's true. I, I don't ever really think about it too much. I'm actually going to start with Phil. Phil, <laughs> that episode was. Listeners, uh, you can't see it, but there's panic in his eyes. <laughs> Art. Ooh, see? I like that. Courage under fire. All right. Uh, Claire, that episode was. A speck of dust. Four words. Wow. Go crazy, everybody. From the word Nazi, too. Amazing. Justin, that episode was. <laughs> Two really great episodes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lisa? That episode was meaningful. Beautiful. That episode was to die for uh nicely done Thank nicely you. done <laughs> um and if you would like to die for other things <laughs> claire is gonna recommend something to you now um yes. that you will find equally whatever <laughs> Did it happen? You ran out of words. I like that there's the like no expectations embedded in that. Like it's just, it's nope. going to be a thing. And... It's going to be a thing. He's going to recommend like who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. There you go. This Life is exactly. Is We're all going to die. <laughs> this is exactly like who framed Roger Rabbit. No, the, the really, the only thing I, I had a powerful urge right at the end of this episode to just live in it for a while. And the best way to do that for me was to turn once again to the one and only poet that I really live with through my whole life. And that's Rainier Maria Rilke. Oh, and I, you know, I could just point to anything in any of his works and it will affirm all of the things that were, that we've talked about ego, the our relationship with death um just all of these things but um for those of us who sometimes need just like an easier way to um be have a relationship with poetry in our lives I have a wonderful book called a year with Rilke daily readings and having come from a like religious background with a lot of daily affirmations going on in my yeah. life like I'm really opposed to those but this is the one and only version of that that I can stomach um so I'm going to read to you from the January 6th entry Ooh. in a year with Rilke um this was written to a letter uh, in a letter from Rilke to a countess whose first name is Margot and the rest of her name, I have no idea how you pronounce it, but she's got three hyphenated names. So she must've been really important. Um, and that quote 
is death is our friend precisely because it brings us into absolute and passionate presence with all that is here, that is natural, that is love. Life always says yes and no simultaneously. Death, I implore you to believe, is the true yaysayer. It stands before eternity and says only yes. Beautiful. So read Rilke. Read Rilke. Nailed it, Claire. He's the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the sign-off right there. Dang. I should have said she instead of he. That would have been better. I think that it's perfect. I'm just saying, you know. Yep. The endless are... They decide who they want to show up as. <laughs> Death could be a he and a she and a they. Yep. All of them. them. Yes. And an it. It's all, all the things. Yeah. It is. Yep. Long as they don't change wigs. <laughs> they don't change their <laughs> It's all fluid. Just leave wigs out of it. <laughs> and that's all we have today, y'all. So until next episode, sweet dreams but not of wigs. This has been a Popsicle Podcast.